one. Welcome to the return of the Race to the Bottom podcast. Uh, my name is Ed Cohen, and I am here with my new co-host, Reasonable Doubt for Reasonable Fee Guy. Reasonable, great to have you here. Thanks great, for joining me. Great to be included with the uh, relaunch. Uh, the show must go on. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 uh, it, it, it applies because we're post-COVID for live shows, and uh, the Race to the Bottom is uh, it, uh, it, it's relaunched. So I, I'm very excited. It is great to be back with live shows. It's great to be talking about music. It's great to have you here. So we are going to be talking with uh, a fan, a super fan, a member of the, what do we call this group? This is the unified scene. Uh, the Basically, the people who follow the hold steady around the country, around the world, a great bunch of people. Um, we're going to talk with Phil Jones in just a couple minutes. And we're going to learn about uh, his interest in the Hold Steady and why he's a fan and what we can learn from him about it. So we will be back in just a second with, what do you want to say? Uh, just that, just that the uh, connection with Phil Jones, uh, as, as a member of the Unified Scene, very organic, and, and just met the guy at a show in Nashville in the, on the dance floor, no introduction, and uh, we've become fast friends since. And then I thought that was a tie-in to how you and I got connected on the relaunch. Right. Real organic. Exactly. And the, the cool thing is we are recording this right before the Hold Steady plays their two Sunday shows. And uh, we are looking forward to seeing them and seeing another great show. Saw a great one last night, and seeing a, another good one today, and tonight you're seeing a, the third show. Yes, right? the three-day resident, a three-show residency in the Twin Cities. It's how they're doing their tours these days, and it's it's going swimmingly well. So we will be right back with Phil Jones. Welcome to the show. This is the Race to the Bottom podcast. This is the new segment with Mark Kelly also known as Reasonable Fee for Reasonable Doubt Guy. Uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're glad to have our guest here today, Phil Jones, who is beyond a super fan, I guess, of The Hold Steady. And he's got a great story, and I want to hear it. All right. So I heard that there was an announcement at the last show in 2019 that there were seven people who had seen every single Hold Steady show in 2019, and six of them were in the band, and the other one was you. That's correct. That's a great story, so there's got to be some background. So why don't you tell me, and Mark, and anybody who happens to be listening to this, how you came to be such a big fan of the Hold Steady? Um, I'm a airline pilot by profession and my wife and I have a hundred acre farm in Northeast Tennessee. So I'm spending a lot of time mowing and bush hogging. So I have noise canceling headphones and I'm riding around all day long, basically listening to music. I had a Warren Zevon station on my Pandora account. And from that, um, I first stumbled into the weaker thans out of, uh, Alberta, Canada. And from there, I started hearing these songs by this band, and it's always the storytelling, you know, that gets me interested. 
And so I started thumbs upping. Uh, first song that I think I ever heard was probably uh, Chips Ahoy. And I thought, that's amazing. I wonder if they have anything else or are they a one hit wonder? And So when was this? This would have been probably in 2014 or 2015. Okay. And by that time, they had probably four or five albums? Yep, at least. Okay. Yep. So you're listening, all of a sudden you find the Hold Steady, and you'd never seen him, you'd never heard of him before. Correct. But something about uh, the style, other, I mean the storytelling. Yeah. Who does it remind you of? Is there anybody like you can think of? Again, you started off, you're listening to a Warren Zevon station. Sure. So, so I've been a Zevon, Neil Young uh, even Jimmy Buffett in my early days. It's all, all about the stories and about the dreams and about failing and then coming back and succeeding or surviving. Okay. And uh, so that's kind of, I've been a music fan since I got my first radio in like 1965. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of grown from there. Nothing, it's nothing I've ever, you know, shied away from. It's still like a major consumer of my time and my life. And, and my guess would be that that, uh, that goes for a lot of people who, you know, go and, you know, see a band or follow a band. And sure. They started off with this love of music, not even knowing why. Right. So where do, let's go all the way back then. So you love music from the minute you get a radio. Right. What was it? Was it the storytelling or was it something else? I remember two songs, uh, Secret Agent Man. By Johnny Rivers. Yep. I think that came out in 63 or 64. Okay. And then uh, probably the next one was the first Beatles hit was Nowhere Man. Okay. And again, stories. And I thought, what a cool thing. You know, I don't have any musical talent or gift. That was the question I wanted to ask. At all. Okay. I mean, I've tried to learn to play guitar and I'm really, really bad. But that doesn't mean that I don't have the same passion. Right. Right. And I... I I can certainly associate with that. I think Mark can. I think I think a lot of people can. I mean, yep. there there is something I I've always thought that you know magic is cool, magicians are cool, but it's a it's a, it's a show. Right. I mean, it's it's an illusion. Right. The only real magicians that I really think there are are musicians. I mean, they're making something something wonderful, something right. that touches you out of nothing, virtually, right. or out of at least twelve notes. I mean, it's the same. 12 notes everywhere you go. Right. Okay. So we're back. You're mowing your lawn. You're listening <laughs> to the Hold Steady. Uh, how long is it before you go and see your first show? So uh, we have a winter home in Panama in Central America. And I'm still watching videos, YouTube. And I see more and more and more content coming out about the Hold Steady. And so I go to their website, get on their mailing list, and I find out that they're doing these shows in London. This would have been in, and I had tried to get tickets, but if you're not part of the unified scene, you don't get first dibs. I never was able to purchase a ticket, and I was like, well, you know, this is kind of crappy. Yeah. So they added a show at the Lexington in Islington, uh, the Lexington venue. Okay. And um, I was able to score, you had to buy the show ticket that night, but a luncheon with the band. And I am like, Brenda, <laughs> we are flying to London. And she's like, okay. 
And I said, we're going to go see this band. We're going to hang with them. We're going to have lunch with them. To introduce the crowd, this is Brenda, your uh, only wife. Correct. Starter wife, we call her. Starter wife, sorry. And uh, she's she's a big fan as well. Yes. Now, was she a big fan then? No. Okay. I think it was in London when she spent time with the guys, actually interacted, talked to them, heard about their kids and their travels and their wins and loses and their failures that she was just like, oh, these are real people. So before we get too far, though, your very first show is this meet and greet in London. Yes. Okay. All right. And Brenda, your wife, doesn't know the band from anything. And my son doesn't either. And he flies in from Tennessee to join us in London. Okay. But your wife just goes along with this and says, yeah, okay. So yeah, we're going to go to London and go see a band I don't know anything about and have lunch with them. Yeah, she's pretty cool. That's, that, <laughs> see, that's great. My wife is very cool, but she looks at me a little sideways sometimes when I say things like that. Although, we'll get to it. I've done crazy stuff, too. Yep. So, you guys get to London. You meet the band. And they're normal people. They're just and guys they're, going about their lives. They're engaging. They're welcoming. And, you know, I'm asking questions. And uh, they're answering freely. And... They're all interested about my life as well. You know, how I got here, what I'm doing, how how do we manage to do this? Well, that, I decided in 18 that I was going to go to every show that I could, and my son decided he was going to go with me. So Brenda kind of backed out except for like Toronto and I think that year maybe Chicago. But okay. we pretty much went to all the shows except San Francisco in 18. And uh, we do fly for free. That helps? It does. That helps. And it two, sells it better. 2019, they played Down Under as well? No. Uh, started in London in 19, and I think we were at 27 shows that year. Seattle, Chicago, um, Nashville, where we met, and then uh, four shows at the Sinclair in Boston. And. The reason why we're doing this podcast right now in the Twin Cities is because of the whole steady weekend at First Avenue, the three shows you right. came in for. Right. And uh, describe, uh, you know, once again, uh, the unified scene you mentioned it, uh, how they're setting up their tours and how that uh, lends itself to all the connections that you made. Well, they, the Hold Steady started doing residencies which is a huge thing if you're a travel fan, of right. which there, I'd say half the people there last night traveled. We met a, Matt and I met a couple uh, that were from Houston, and they literally came for the show last night. She, they, they bought tickets two years ago like the rest of us. Right. Reschedule, reschedule, reschedule. And we met him in the lobby at the hotel, and he recognized me from Nash, the Nashville shows. Okay. And... Uh, he uh, he was like, I just can't believe you're you know you're here, and I'm like, I can't believe you flew in just for one show. So they flew in that afternoon, flew out this morning. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's I mean, it's dedication. It is. It, it clearly. And is. there's a lot of us that are that dedicated. I well, it was obvious. I mean, this was, the, and I'm going to admit to this embarrassing fact that was the very first time seeing the whole steady last night. For you, for me, never seen him before. I've wanted to. I've seen Craig three or four times 
doing right. solo. Right. But I've never seen the whole band together. So it was it was awesome. It was great to see. But a lot of the people that we talked to were from all over the place. Every one of them to the person was singing every single word. Of to every, every song. Word. Right. <laughs> and it's just amazing to see. I mean, it's it's a real dedicated fan base. Yes. So before we get too far, I want to play a song. Um, we're going to play a couple of Hold Steady songs. And I've asked you to pick three. And so why don't you tell me what the first song is and tell me its significance. Uh, Chill Out Tent is about a couple that meet at a festival uh, in the Northeast. I think it's in Massachusetts. And they have this one-off kind of romance in a tent because they both have gotten too high on mushrooms. And, you know, when you're working and you're listening to this, you're like, holy crap, that could have been me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just kind of captivated me, and that's how it all kind of starts. Okay. We are going to take a quick break and play Phil's song, and we will be back in just a second after we hear Chill Out Tent. There was a stage in a PA up in western Massachusetts And the kids came from miles around to get messed up on the music And she drove down from Bowdoin with a carload of girlfriends To meet some boys and maybe eat some mushrooms And they did and she got sick Now she's pinning way too shaky She don't want to tell the doctor everything she's taken The paramedics hovered over like a summer morning family They gave her activated charcoal it flooded her with sailing He was rough around the edges He'd been to school but never finished He'd been to jail but never prison it was his first day off in forever, man The festival seemed like a pretty good plan Crew some chicks and get a suntan And his friend gave him four, but he said only take one But then he got bored and he ended up taking all four Ah, so now my man, he ain't that bored anyways The paramedics found him, he was shaking on the side of the stage Everything was spinning
are back. Uh, so we were just talking off the air, and one of the things I'm interested in hearing about is, you know, it. it Craig mentioned it last night at the show that, you know, First Avenue feels like home to him. And being not a resident of Minnesota, being, you know, kind of new to the scene here, what's it like coming here and, and seeing a show first? And then, you know, I, I assume you've heard Craig talk about it before. So does it live up to the, does it live up to the hype? Probably exceeds it. <laughs> um, I have another small connection to First Avenue. Um, Ike Riley assassination. Right. Uh, Michael is a friend of ours, and he is from the town that uh, my wife grew up in and it, and is a neighbor okay. of all of my other wife's relatives in Libertyville, Illinois. And so anytime I see Michael, he's like, well, that's just bullshit. We're the best band that's ever played it. The entry. I'm, there's no doubt that they are, because, you know, there's no bands that have ever played at the entry. Right, right. There aren't any world-famous no, Globetrotter nobody. bands. Uh, seeing the stars outside is a reminder of the long and dynamic history of the facility. And to me, um, I have a vague idea what it takes, you know, to make something like that last for over 50 years. I mean, it's just kind of mind-boggling. Yeah. And uh, that they continue to prosper and draw people i mean i've gone to a lot of trouble to be here and uh you know it just i i when i meet these people uh we met people from phoenix from houston from dallas fort worth um georgia okay florida like yesterday and, and another gentleman we met last night was from tennessee that's right that i didn't know that you yeah. didn't know yeah yeah, yeah. he's a larger guy yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing L- wrong. A little bit there. of trouble. A little bit of trouble. It wasn't too much trouble. But uh, he he would. they were uh, just a couple hours apart from each other. So wait, there's a fan in Tennessee that you didn't know? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was new to Tennessee, though. Okay. It, it It's an it's an amazing facility. Um, I've been going to shows there since I think I was 15 or 16. Um, and, and lucky to. I mean, it's... I remember hearing about it when I was a kid and getting in there going, people are talking about this place? It's a dump. But it's the coolest dump in the world. It um, is. At that time, too, it was the air conditioning system dripped on everything. <laughs> and it wasn't quite run the way that it's run now. It's run very well now. Yeah. If you go all the way up to the stairs... Um, well, as you're looking at the building that would be on the right, there's a star for the very first show that was there, which was Joe Cocker and the Mad Dogs and something or other. I think that was, what, 71? Right, because 50 years. Yeah. yeah. 70. Sorry, it was 70. Correct. Because yep. last year was yep. 50. 50. Right. So last year you had plans to come here for the 50th anniversary, which Craig was one of the headliners in the band. Absolutely. Um, what... I mean, I, I think everyone talks about their thoughts at the time, but do you remember what you were thinking back then? Heartbreak. Yeah. Um, you know, we had laid out the year. Um, my wife and I kind of, you know, had our schedule planned. If our son was going to join us in his 
fiance, then they're going to have to know what we're doing, when we're going, how we're getting there, where we're staying. Cause you know, they're still like employable. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, it, uh, I, I was just, I was beyond heartbroken, yeah. you know, to not be able to see my friends and see the band and hang with them. And it's, it's as much about the community around the band as it is about the music. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, it, it's it's clear from being at that show last night that there's a lot of people who know one another, and probably but for the band don't. I mean, they're, they're right. They're only there because of the band, right? Which is cool. Building those kinds of connections sure. are, are, you know, it's really neat. So, you know, from talking to people over the years, I got an idea what it takes to build out a tour. But I mean, it sounds like you have to essentially do something similar yourself. Sure. So you have to sit down and make plans if you're going to go see all these shows you got to acquire the tickets you got to get places to stay you got to make arrangements for number one what's that like and what was it like to have to shut that all down um well it left us a lot of free time and saved us a lot of money um the all the tickets were purchased is they the like uh the summer sessions the four residencies in the summer they sell at the same time on the same day so you're committing, you know, at least a few thousand dollars just in tickets and, you know, pregame, postgame, you know, sound check parties and the whole shebang. And I'm happy to do that. I'm usually doing it for four people. And it, you know, kind of, and then I've made hotel reservations. I've made transportation plans and all this, you know, because I, I want my posse to be able to come with me. And that was really tough, you know, to say, okay, well, we're not going to be traveling this year. We're going to be stuck in East Tennessee. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and I suppose that had a big impact on your job, too. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're still a commercial pilot, right? No, I retired. Oh, you did? Okay. I did, well, yeah. I guess During COVID, I retired. Oh, yeah. So. And all you had is free time. That's right. <laughs> when I wasn't mowing. Right. Well, I mean, that sounds like a full-time job. Anyway. It, it is. <laughs> Great. I mean, that's that's really. I mean, it's that's one of the pieces of the pandemic that's been uh, interesting to kind of look back at is yep. all of the plans that people had. I mean, people had plans for all kinds of things. Sure. You know, and all of a sudden, you lose those and you shut them down, and you know. And it was also the indefiniteness of everything. Yeah, they they rescheduled initially twice. Twice, you know, <laughs> and then bumped it out again because sure. nobody knew it was coming next right and they wanted to do it as much as you guys wanted to sure i mean well and then uh you know i talked to some of the band members over the course of the pandemic you know had phone conversations and hearing how it's harmed them financially you know this is what they do for a living i do i am doing this because i'm you know half crazy for fun and but there i mean this is how they survive this is what they do and it would be like you know me you know being grounded, not being able to fly. Right. And I, and I fully a third of the world suffered incredibly, right. you know, deep, yep. hurtful financial disaster. And, uh, my family was very blessed and fortunate. We didn't, you know, we were just in a kind of right place, right time. But it, uh, when I 
talked to, well, I was talking to some of the guys last night after the show and to hear about all the changes geographically and strategically that they had to make to survive those 20 months. Right. You know, they're, they're so thrilled to be back working. It, it has, I mean, they have to be, I mean, they don't, I mean, it is a job for them, right. but it's a job they love. I assume, I mean, maybe by the end of a tour, you're tired of playing a lot of the same stuff, but I mean, that seems like a job that's full of joy at least because you're able to do something you enjoy and you're able to provide a lot of you know entertainment and joy for people who are there to see them. Right. So, well, let's take a quick break here and let's pick up your second song and tell us a little bit about what you chose and why you chose it. Uh, it's uh, Sequestered in Memphis. And I, it has always been kind of our family song. So I think that's why it's special. It's a song that our whole family knows and sings along to. So Excellent. Great. So here we have uh, Sequestered in Memphis. Yeah. 
Okay, we're back. And we're talking off air, and so we should probably talk about it on air. You've had a chance to see The Hold Steady, probably a lot of other great bands, all around the world. What are some of your favorite venues that you've been able to visit? Uh, the Electric Ballroom in uh, London in Camden Locks. Okay. Is high up on the list, uh, probably in my top five. Um, now, what about what about it? Is it that it's in London? Is there something particularly? Um, the vibe, the staff, the friendliness, the acoustics, um, how well it works for the for us as the observers and for the band presenting. You know okay. how how crisp they can be. How you know if it's a small stage, you know they can't really get too jumpy. Okay, so the Camden Locks. Yes, that would be the Electric Ballroom. Electric ball. um, right. pro- probably, probably number two would be the Horseshoe in Toronto, Canada. Okay, and it's a very similar kind of venue to the entry here. Uh, the entry would be by far my favorite spot on the planet. Uh, anybody that's in music and we know their names. They've played there. Right. Same thing for uh, the Horseshoe Tavern in uh, Toronto. And uh, to go in and see these handwritten notes from Warren Zevon, you know, to the owners of the bar and stuff, and just all, all of that, just it means a lot. Right. I mean, that is that is one of the things about a lot of these venues. I mean, you can build a new venue, and it might be the nicest venue in the in the town or in the world, but it doesn't have that same flavor from right, all of right. the people who played there. It's almost as if it feels like the venue itself sort of absorbs something from all of the, the people who've been through and played there. All and the, the spilled beer. <laughs> listen, there's probably a lot of other fluids that have been absorbed by <laughs> yeah. First Avenue, and in particular the entries, but that's a story for off the air. Yeah. Um, what are you looking forward to today? As we're getting ready to... Uh, Head down to the entry to see a tiny little show with a big, huge band. Yeah, now up to eight pieces when they bring the horn steady out. Right. And one of the band members made the observation to me that it's, when you add the horns, it's really hard to play without them. (laughs) Right. You know, so now they're picking up horns everywhere they go. Right, because the horn players from last night—that's a local. Yeah, that's those a are local guys. Yeah, yeah those local. are. So, just, so they go ahead and they yeah. they make same thing. In, same thing in London. They already have guys lined up for okay. Melbourne if it actually happens in May, and you know. Okay. Uh, so the, I mean, the whole band. Uh, this will be interesting because that first, uh, the Seventh Street entry stage. Have you been? You've been to the entry before? Yes. It is not a big room. No. I. Would guess capacity might be 300, maybe four? I think the fire marshal sign says 225. Yeah, well, it would be 300 people there. <laughs> right. <probably today>. right. <laughs> um, you know, it's not a big room, no. but you can put a lot of sound into it. Yep. Um, anything in particular you're looking for uh, for them to play today that maybe they don't play very often or haven't played lately? course they haven't played anything lately so correct uh adderall would be my first choice if that was on the list i would just be i would 
love that. Like, that's gonna I, be, wanna, uh, I think it's going to be in the encore. Like they did it in Nashville. They played that in the yeah, encore. That's right. Oh. I try to gather all the set lists for all the shows. I have a book of them. And uh, it's interesting, you know, as I see this venue, this is what we opened with. You know, if they're doing three nights and they have a catalog of, a, you know, less than 200 songs, um, it's, it's really fun because they... It, the way that they play it, why they play it, the explanations, you know, Craig will just stop and say, hey, this is, you know, this is why this happened and this is why we're playing this tonight. And um, very uh, educational to learn about how they think. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm not a musician. I'm a fan. And to see how they process and how important it is to them that we get it, okay. that is what keeps it fresh for me. Speaking of keeping it fresh, talk a little bit about those eight albums that they've put out now. And it's particularly, you know, the last two, Thrashing Through the Passions, and then Open Door Policy. Where do you see that band moving? Obviously, from a, we mentioned the horns. Yeah. But there's certainly been some development. And also, how much the unified scene seems to love the new stuff just as, as thoroughly much, as, yeah. the, as, the, as yeah. the classics, so to speak. Go ahead and talk a little bit about what so, you see there. Uh, when they dropped um, Thrashing Through the Passion, that was uh, the first show at the Crocodile in Seattle in 19. And we had invited a bunch of our Canadian friends to fly in and join us that weekend. So we were having this like epic adventure with all of our Canucks and... Uh, bunch of loony loving bastards but uh, <laughs> anyway they came in we did the um we did the show they dropped uh i think they played about four or five tracks each night off of that and you know the, so there was a lot more verbiage from the stage about what it is why it is how it happened and it, it they've been dropping the songs two at a time starting from a year ago and so they the Everybody loved them so much, they were like, all right, we're going to make an album out of it. You know, so they went back in and kind of dusted them up and, and put that out. And it was really cool to be part of that. Yeah. And then hear the methodology that they used to actually arrive at this product that we all got engaged in again. I mean, when you hear Blackout Sam, you're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, and I know exactly when that happened. I was glad I wasn't in New York. Yeah. And um, Now, one of the things I noticed as sort of a hold steady fan but clearly not at the level of you but obviously the storytelling is what really drives this along but there's characters and the characters some of them seem to show up from song to song to album to album sure is that exactly what it is i mean are are these when he's talking about shepherd is shepherd a guy who shows up here and there and there or are they different shepherds? Oh, it's the same guy for sure. Okay. And and so who is this? I mean, you write what you know. And and Craig seems to write about, you know, a particular style of living. And are these people that he knows? Or are these characters that he's made up in his head that he... At a sound check party, that exact question was asked. This was at the... Union transfer in Philadelphia yeah. uh, two, three years ago. And it was probably the best sound check I've, I've been to. And he's like, 
no, I just came up with these names and they rhyme. And so he was getting quizzed by people that were there, not me, I didn't say a word, but um, he was defending that, no, I made these up. This isn't real people. I'm not with Charlemagne. I like the name from reading about King Charlemagne. And Holly is not a hood rat. She's not a real person. I'm not <laughs> referring to one of you. And, you know, he claims that it's just, you know, they're figments of his imagination and they're stories about people uh, trying, failing, and then succeeding or surviving. Because mm -hmm. a lot of them are not about success. No. I, I can't think of any of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the characters are fantastic. And I have a feeling, and maybe it's you, but maybe it's somebody else, but there is somebody somewhere who has a room down in their basement that has pictures and lyrics and string tying pieces and bits together you know that that conspiracy charlie thing from picture you know the meme right from, right from it's always sunny in philadelphia right there is somebody who has done that and i don't think it's you after it's talking not. to you but i bet you that there's somebody who's going to be at the show today that has that room in their house and is and is adding to it this weekend yeah, in right, addition right there yeah. right. it's continuing it, it, I listen and I hear people and I want to believe that they're all tied together. But if Craig says they're not, then they're not, I suppose. But they don't they wouldn't have to necessarily follow a real person to still be fascinating. And I guess one of the things that appeals to me is, you know, from my background, uh, having been raised by a minister, uh, is that the songs there, he's telling a story, but he's not preaching about if you do this, this outcome's going to happen. Right. 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 So it's more about, no, you did this, this is the results. And, you know, maybe you need to think about why you're behaving the way you are. It's not ever preachy. Right. And I think that's one of the things I appreciate the most talking about real incidences in people's lives. And, you know, this is what happened. This is, I'm not telling you how to solve it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been great. I've really enjoyed this, and I, I hope you have. Um, we have one last song that we're going to cover, and what is that song? And tell me what, uh, what, it, what it's about. Chips Ahoy. And, and what about Chips Ahoy are we uh, looking for, are we going to enjoy? Uh, well, why, if, why do you like it so? Okay, much? well, if you're at a show, they, it gets played a lot, but and there's a lot of hand motions. So there, I put nine hundred dollars on the fifth horse in the sixth race. All of us, even Mark, knows you know what to do, when to do it, and there's it's a real involved physical song. So our Canadian friends that I mentioned in Seattle, the first time they were at a show and that got played, I was like. Now, I need to teach you guys this before the song starts so that you know what the hell's going on. In part because it, then you're a part of it, and it's more fun. I mean, it's sure. more fun to get involved with the people around you. And right. right, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, we will finish out with Chips Ahoy. Thanks for coming, Phil. This was great, it's wonderful. been a pleasure. All right, thank you, and here comes Chips Ahoy. On the fifth horse in the sixth race I think his name is Chips Ahoy 
came in six lengths ahead We spent the whole next weekend high At first I thought that she hit On some chip that she got from some other boy We were overjoyed Don't have to work She can tell which horse Is gonna finish him first Some nights of painkillers Make the pain even worse Came on six lengths ahead We spent the whole next weekend high I love this girl But I can't tell when she's having a good time How am I supposed to know that you're high If you won't let me touch you this a couple of days after the weekend time, a little time to recover a little time to uh, get over and absorb what we saw and I gotta say reasonable that uh, what a great weekend of music what an unbelievable uh, set of shows what an unbelievable group of people it was uh, it was really cool it was uh, really great being part of it um, give me your thoughts so as you mentioned Craig Finn, uh, lead singer for The Hold Steady, made it a point a couple of times uh, to bring up the fact that it had been 615 days since their last show, but who's counting? Nobody. Nobody. And it was uh, everybody in the room, to a person, was so excited to be there, a lot of them with their favorite band. I'll tell you that we had an opportunity through two warm-up bands uh, that were effective, uh, Kiss the Tiger and the Gully, Gully Boys, uh, you know, to uh, f- hold off, stem off all the excitement that was about to happen. 
they did a good job but we were meeting people around us and talking with people around us and i would say that over 50 percent of the people that i met were from out of state yeah it was yeah. impressive yeah and i got to meet uh, a couple of people that you know from from out of state from just going to these shows so th- obviously this was not your first rodeo you've seen the hold steady how many times do you think so I, I'm kind of like Phil. I started to listen to the Hold Steady well after the, they started 2003 and had a, a solid run early on with an, basically the same lineup, uh, uh, adding uh, Steve Silvage out of Memphis, I think, to the to the, the band. Now they've got the six with plus the original five. And now they're adding in uh, the two or three horns, uh, horn players per show, to, to get a more full sound, which sounded great in the main room right. uh, and cleverly called the horn steady. And uh, it, so it, so it was a, it was a wonderful night. Everybody had a great time. And this, uh, this crew that travels around uh, the unified scene, it, it, I haven't seen anything like it in uh, the, the popular music that I go to in terms of uh, the connections how people stay in touch through social media, look forward to what they're doing, and as you uh, so aptly noticed, as did uh, your wife Joan, who attended Friday uh, Saturday night show, harkens back to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, right. where it's a scripted deal with the crowd. There is there there's there's actions there's there's content in songs that people have to respond to, and 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 watching the show both nights, you know, I can see how Craig Finn, the lead singer is really sort of promoting some of this stuff, but there's hand gestures, there's movements, there's things that the crowd shouts out, there's dance moves it appears. I mean, it's just it's just a wild scene. It's it's the you know, it's it's a really cool thing that this group of people not only so loves the band but so loves the, I think the people that go to the shows that they come up with all of this stuff to keep themselves entertained. I mean, it's all part of an inside joke, which is great. I mean, it's it's really cool to see because part of part of what I was noticing was not only is the band fantastic to watch and listen to, but the crowd is fantastic to watch too, because they're out there just having such a great time, uh, enjoying the music, enjoying all of the the kind of antics that they've all come up with over the years. It's it's really fun to see. And we've you and I've had conversations off air about some other shows that didn't quite uh, live up to our expectations. One of the things that I've heard ri- seen written about this band is that they are remarkably consistent. Mm-hmm. And they are. I mean, they're a tight band every night Craig Finn, they're not even, not even coming close to delivering a mediocre show, let alone a bad show was written by one particular critic. Yeah. They are uh Craig Finn uh gesturing to the crowd and he comes right out and says in their lyrics we couldn't do this without you, yeah. and also, you know, mentions to to the to the crowd. You're like, thank you for knowing all the words. Thank you for singing it back to us. This is what we do. Yeah, no, it was it was very cool to see the uh, the the second show that I saw, and I think you saw two shows that day. Was the Sunday show in the entry? First time I've seen a show in the entry in a long time. Great to be in a crowd of people like that, masked up, vaccinated. You know taking care of themselves, taking care of the band, but so much energy, so much excitement to be in that room the other day. It really was. And I know that 
everybody who has been missing out on the live music, particularly the performers have been suffering financially. It, it's never easy to go, what, 20 months without your normal source of income. Uh, we all know that there's... Uh, there's mixed feelings that a lot of bands and concert goers have about coming out of COVID and how that's affecting public health. Um, right now, uh, you know, I appreciate the fact that the vast majority of these venues, quite frankly, unlike these the sporting events, they're requiring vax cards or a negative test, and uh, we're doing what we can, but we have to try to continue... Uh, uh, moving forward, and the show must go on. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, this was a great weekend. Uh, looking forward. We've got some shows coming up. Um, you and I are each going to pick a couple of shows to highlight, and uh, why don't you go first? Tell me your uh, first show you've got coming up you want to talk about. Yeah, so a uh, couple of things we talked about off air that, uh, you know, as this podcast continues – what we want to do is is let people know kind of where we're coming from as music consumers and what we're recommending that's out there. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff, how I found the hold steady, talking to friends, have you heard this band? Have you heard this band? Kiss the Tiger, one of the warm-up bands. Uh, 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 the Gully Boys, residency Gully. coming up in December. So these, good to see. So these are, these are uh, the recommendations. And if you're listening to the podcast, you're looking for shows. So we're not only recommending shows you might see locally in the Twin Cities, but also... Uh, bands that are on tour out there and people you might want to check out. You know where we're coming from. We're uh, we're into bands that play music with instruments mm -hmm. <laughs> that that have uh, some singer songwriter in them. One of the, uh, the 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 greatest descriptions that I read about the Hold Steady was that they were uh, Heartland Rock uh, plus post punk revival, and I think that's. Right, Springsteen, that, Springsteen influence with the, with the post punk uh, attitude. I think that uh, hits the hits it square between the eyes. So uh, shows coming up, uh, understanding that you know a lot of people like you and I like to go to shows that are significant other. We can't always pick uh, some bands that maybe the the spouse wouldn't be uh, as in, uh, enjoy as much. Although both our spouses did enjoy the shows with the hold steady. Uh, there's uh, the band that needs no introduction is on tour right now. Dawes. Uh, this is uh, a band that's had a lot of success, been around for a while. It's a great date night show. There's a lot of sentimental songs. They do a good job. This the 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 stuff that they do on the albums, I think, has uh, less uh, less jam band to it. When you see them live, they really expand their songs with a lot of instrument playing, and they're pros pros, and they deliver. And they're going to be in the Twin Cities for a sold-out show, December 3rd, Friday night. Uh, there's some aftermarket tickets out there, and I've still got to get mine. The uh, second band that uh, it's kind of the, what I'll, I'll uh, say is a bit of a flyer for me, there's a band called Graveyard Club that is going to play uh, the Turf Club on Wednesday, November 24th. This is a band I tried to see in the 7th Street entry in September the show sold out. I couldn't get in, and I'm going to get over to uh, the Turf Club. I've got my tickets for the Turf Club. Uh, this is a band that uh, 
has a has a, some a lot of layers to their music a male and a female vocalist a lot of keyboard uh how would you describe you heard some of the music that they do yeah i i, I don't have i don't quite know yet i haven't listened to them enough um interested in finding out a little bit more you know like a lot of things that i like coming across bands i'm not familiar with and learning a little bit more about them anytime you have a male female singer i'm always crossing my fingers for some sort of john doe and Xene sound you know a little bit of a little bit of harmony a little bit of maybe i smoke too many cigarettes too yeah there you go it's it's a it's a a, a band that is based in the twin cities and they're just getting started i think that they've got two full albums out and a couple singles so check them out cool uh i'm gonna pick uh an old time you know hold my heart in my hand favorite you can never go wrong seeing the Gear Daddies. Martin Zeller is a fantastic artist. The Gear Daddy songs go back to, you know, my college days and love seeing them. Uh, they are the 26th, so Friday the 26th. Uh, Gear Daddies in the main room at First Avenue. Uh, who's your next pick? Uh, Do you have a next pick? Well, I know that we had both talked about Ike Riley. Right. Of yeah. Right. Ike Riley, uh, November 24th. That'll be good. That's his traditional show, right? Doesn't he always p- try to play the entry the week of Thanksgiving? Or not the entry, the, the main room at First Avenue. Yeah, and and uh, has been here many, many times and has a core group of fans that uh, that know what they're going to get, some quality music. Now, I will admit, I've never seen him before. So I'm going to try to head down to that show and check it out. I'm really looking forward to it. One other show that's out there, if you're making plans for New Year's Eve, The Suburbs, one of our favorites. They're going to play The Palace. This is the first time they've that I know they've made the jump to the larger venue. They always sell out First Avenue. It's always tough to get a good sight line if you're not showing up early. Uh, the Palace, New Year's Eve, Suicide Commandos warming up. Exactly. Ah, uh, warming up. It's sort of a head-to-head battle. It's a, they, it's a co-headliner event, I, I think. You can... You, the Suicide Commandos are rock and roll royalty in Minneapolis. I mean, Absolutely. So. I, I stand corrected. They are co-headliners. I, I think Suburbs will be on second. It, I think, it, yeah, I think they, they do have the headline spot, but it's, uh, it's going to be a great show. What a great opportunity to bring in the new year. Right. And I will see you there. I will be there. I have one last that I'm going to pick, and it is I'm going to go out on a limb. It is a singer. It is a songwriter. It is an acoustic show at the Palace. It is somebody who I saw with my wife a few years ago who the whole time that I told her we were going to this show, she's rolling her eyes at me going, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. And at the end of it, she was like, holy shit, was that a good show. By the way, this is a podcast, so FCC <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, it is Billy Idol and Steve Stevens acoustic doing not only classic Billy Idol and X. uh, uh what was his first band? I forget the name now. But Billy Idol songs, along with his new album, which is great. Uh, actually, it has new material out that is really excellent. So if you get a chance, go check out Billy Idol at the Palace on December 5th. Now, I want to say that Butch Walker was involved in the production of that album. I could be wrong. He produces so many albums. Right. And Steve Stevens was has been with Billy Idol for years when he was 30 35 yeah. years yeah it's so. his longtime guitarist it, they're great to see i've seen him a couple of times recently um 
always sound great, shockingly. And uh, Billy Idol, you know, just just a rock, he's a punk dinosaur, but it's great to see. Looking forward to that. And so now the other thing we wanted to mention, and you can uh, give us some feedback on the uh, social media pages uh, of Race to the Bottom uh, Facebook page. Uh, w- the next show we're going to do is going to involve our Ten Commandments of General Admission shows. And this is a talker, a highly controversial topic. We're interested in some of your thoughts. If you want to put in the comments section, uh, what are your uh, one or two uh, moral imperatives of GA shows? Pet peeves, things that you cannot stand or things you cannot get by without. And, And it's ironic. We'll get some people that would say, I gotta be able to move without people around me getting upset, and other people saying, "I get upset when people around me move." So it, it's a, it definitely uh, there's uh, there's more than one opinion on this, but we also think there are some uh, rules that are just uh, in stone. So we will see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for uh, for listening, and we will catch you next time.